Holding on page 146, the very first words on the page, Vegam Misham. So in the past year, we explained how there's the Shekhinah. The Shekhinah contains within it all the energy which is intended for all of creation, to give chayis and to give uh, sustenance and, and energy to all of creation. But the Shekhinah itself, as we explained, is too, is too powerful to be able to... To be contained. To be contained by the world. So it needs a lavush, it needs a garment. A garment that contains it and can hide its oir. And through this garment, the energy enters all the worlds. What is that garment? So we explained that garment is the Torah. The Torah can contain the Shekhinah because essentially the Torah is the wisdom of Hashem which transcends the worlds. So on the one hand, Torah can contain the, contain the, um, the Shekhinah, the light of the Shekhinah. But on the other hand, because the Torah is dressed up in the concepts of every single world. The Torah enters the world on its level. The Torah is compared to Mayim, it's like water, which when it comes down into a world, it enters it, so to say, on its terms, and addresses it on its terms. So therefore the Torah is able to take that light, distill that light, the air of the Shekhinah, and therefore all of the world receives the energy from the Torah. And as we discussed, in every single world, there is the Chabad of that world, which means the Torah of that world. And in every single world, the Shekhinah enters the world through the Torah of that world, the Chabad of that world, the Torah of that world, which is also known as the Kachei Kadashim of that world. So every single world has a Kachei Kadashim. Just like there's a Kedosh HaKadashim over here in this world, which is a physical place, every world has a Kachei Kadashim. And that is the Chabad of the world, which is the Torah of that world. And that's where the Shekhinah enters, and through that, the, wor- all, the world receives all its energy. That's Yerushalayim, you say. Yerushalayim is the distribution point. The Kodesh HaKadashim. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, the, it, it goes... That's the focal point. Yeah, and then the it spreads. It, it goes, uh, you know, in, in concentric circles. So it starts with the Kodesh HaKadashim, the Beis HaMikdash, the Harabayis, Yerushalayim, etc. Okay. So now, what we are going to do today is we're going to say, we're going to talk about what is this Torah, which is in every single world. And we're going to see... That in general, and we'll do this first a little outside, then we'll do it inside, that there are three different levels in Torah. And these three levels of Torah correspond to the worlds of Bria, Yitzira, and Asiya. So you have the Shekhinah, which is Malchus Da'atzilus. So the first thing is, it enters the world of Bria through the Torah of the world of Bria. And then, as we'll see, it filters down further and enters the world of Yitzira. And the Lavush in the world of Yitzira is the Torah of the world of Yitzira. And then it goes on even further and enters the world of Asiya through the Torah of the world of Asiya. So in essence, what makes the world of Bria the world of Bria? The fact that you have Torah on a certain level, the Torah of the world of Bria, and therefore when the Shekhinah, when the Eir enters the Torah, so the air that comes out of there is the air, is the energy which is on the level of the world of Bria. Then the energy of the Shekhinah enters the Torah of the world of Yitzira. And when the energy, the energy then from that 
emanates from the Torah of Yitzira, which is the Shechina shining through the Torah of Yitzira, is that's where everything in Yitzira comes about from. What are these three levels in Torah? So the Gemara says in Saklas Kedushin that a person that a person should always divide his Torah into thirds. Shlish b'mikra, shlish b'mishnah, and shlish b'talmud. The person should learn a third mikra, which is the chavdal tzfarim of the Torah, twenty-four tzfarim of Tanakh, and a shlish in mishnah. Mishnah means halacha, and a shlish, a third, should be spent learning Talmud. Okay, to look in Shulchan Aruch and Hilchos Talmud Torah about the exact ramifications of what this means, and it's not necessarily for a person's entire life. But al kapanim, that's what the Gemara says, and the reason why is because these three mikra, Mishnah, and Talmud represents the Torah of Bria, Yitzira, and Asiya. By the way, that's, uh, that's uh, also the Seder, that a person starts off with Mikra, then Chama Shlom Mikra, that's the Torah of the world of Asiya, and then you move up higher, and then Eser, Mishnah, which that's the Torah of the world of Yitzira, and then Ben Chamesh Asiya, when a person reaches 15, that's when they start learning Gemara, Talmud, which that is the Torah of the world of Bria. What's the connection between Talmud, Mishnah, and Mikra with the worlds of Bria, Yitzira, and Asiya? So as we've already learned in Tanya several times in several different places, the worlds of Bria, Yitzira, and Asiya, it's not only that one is higher than the other. They're actually, they have a different nature. Each one of them is a different type of world. You have, in the world of Bria, what is Meir over there? What is... Uh, what is dominant in the world of, uh, of Bria? So it's brought down into Kone Zayar that Hashem's Bina, the Bina of Atsilos, in other words, in Atsilos we know there's all ten spheres, Chachma, Bina, Das, Chasel, Gevur, Tveres. But nevertheless, in Atsilos, the sphere that is dominant is Chachma. Chachma, which is absolute bittel, Chachma, which is beyond comprehension. Koyachma, a Koyach of something which is beyond. Bittel to Hashem. In fact, that's the, the all, all of the spheres in the world of all the spheres in the world of uh, of Atzilus are like subsets of Chachma. So, for example, like yeah, last night was Hoyd Shabahoyd, and the night before it was Natsach Shabahoyd. So, Natsach Shabahoyd means that we have Natsach as it is a subset in the larger sphere of Hoyd. So, the dominant sphere in Atzilus is Chachma. So, everything in Atzilus is subsets of Chachma. Expressions of Chachma. In Bina, what is dominant, sorry, in the world of Bria, what is dominant is, a, is, the, is the sphere of Bina. Comprehension, Moichen, understanding. That is the sphere that is dominant in Bria. So really, Bina of Atzilus, that's what it says in, in Tkunizer. Bina of Atzilus, which is in Kabbalistic language called Ema Ilah, the supernal mother, because Bina is Ema Banim Smecha, Bina is called, uh, is called the mother. So the Bina, its nest, where is Bina Vatsilos primarily expressed? In the world of Bria. The world of Yitzira is the world where Hashem's emotions are dominant. The six emotions, Chesed, Gvura, Tferas, Natsach, Choyd, and Yesoid, they are mayor, they illuminate in the, world of, in the world of Yitzira. And in the world of Asiya is where Hashem's Mida of Malchus is dominant. Midah Malchus is, um, is Dibur, is speech, or actual function, Asiya. Malchus is action, is communication, or...
So in the world of Bria, what is the Torah of the world of Bria? Is the Gemara. That's the Torah on the level of the world of Bria. Why is that? Because what is the Gemara? The Gemara is logic. The Gemara is all about reasoning. Wisdom of the Talmud. Everyone knows about the wisdom of the Talmud. And since the Indian of the Gemara, the concept behind the Gemara is the idea of Bina, which is understanding. So therefore, the place of the Gemara is in the world of Bria. So Gemara is how Torah, which all of Torah originally originates and begins with and starts in Hashem's Chachma, in Chachma Vatzilus. But as that Chachma now comes down a level, although it still remains essentially Hashem's wisdom, but it dresses itself up now in a garment of Bina, in a garment of intellect, that's the Talmud Shalafaneinu, the Gemara that we have, is from the world of Bria. So that means that when the Malchus of Atzilus, the Shechina, when it, in order to enter the world of, 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 of Bria, it enters the Chabad of Bria, which is the Gemara, the Talmud, and all of the world of Bria receives its light and life from the Talmud, from the Gemara. Then you have the Mishnah. The, the Mishnah is primarily about Midas, which is why there are six Dharam of the Mishnah, and that those correspond to the six Midas, Chesed, Gvur, Teferes, Natsach, and Yisoyed. Why is that? Because what is the Mishnah is not, is not dealing with logic. Very little. There's very little logic in the Mishnah. The Mishnah is primarily Halachis. Kosher, Pasel, Chayev, Zakai, Tohir, Tome, Asur, Mutter. What makes one thing Kosher and one thing not Kosher? What makes one thing Kosher and one, one thing Pasel? One thing Asur, one thing Mutter? That, that is because of Hashem's Midas. Oh. If the Midah of Chesed is dominant, then it's Kosher, then it's Zakai, then it's Tohir, and then it's Mutter. If the Midah of, of Gvurah is dominant, then you have Apostle, uh, Chayav, Asr, etc. So, Beshamay and Beshilo, right? So, when there's Machlik, it's in Beshamay and Beshilo. Beshamay, his Neshama was uh, the Neshama of Shamay and his Talmud, and they were rooted in. In the middle of Gevura, and therefore they leaned always towards to be towards being Machmer. And Hillel and his Talmidim, their Neshamas were rooted in Asha in the Chesed, and therefore they were more Mekel. But essentially, what decides a halacha lepoil is Hashem's Midas. If Hashem's Midah of Chesed is dominant, again, it'll be a positive uh, um, halacha. And if Hashem's Midah of Gevura is, is dominant, then it'll be a negative one. So the Gemara is logic. Logic is somewhat abstract. Logic is not about what am I going to do actually, because logic also can tell you 20 things. Wouldn't that be the determining fact what the halacha is going to be? So, the halacha is built on the logic. But so Beishamah and Beishilol were both, Shama and Hillel were both very wise people. It's not as if one of them had a different logic than the other. It's not as if one of them knew that, uh, you know, had a, one set of information and therefore arrived at his conclusion. And the other one had another set of information and therefore arrived at his conclusion. They both had the same information um, in front of them. So then what made one decide kosher and one decide puzzle? It's not a logical decision. Psychological. That is the logic as, it, as it's being impacted by the emotions. That Beishidl again was, he was uh, his neshama was, in, was uh, sourced in chesed. And Beishameh was in gvura. So again, 
that. You know, you have uh, in terms of when you look th- from something logically, you can always arrive at, uh, at at fifty different conclusions. That's correct. Yeah. So, but the halacha. So when when the halacha is something, and the halacha means that Hashem decides in a certain way. What makes Hashem decide in a certain way? That is due to the fact that the Torah comes down into Hashem's Midas, and therefore the Midas, Hashem's Midas, determine these halachas. So that's why the Mishnah is associated with the world of the world of Yitzira. And then you have the world of Asiya, which over there is Mikra. What is unique about Mikra? What's unique about Mikra, what's unique about uh, the 24th farm of the Tanakh, is that your Yoitza, Limud HaToyrah, even if you don't understand what you're saying. Toyrah Shabbat if you don't understand, if a person that takes out a Mesechta Shabbos and starts reading and doesn't know what in the world it means, doesn't understand anything it's saying over there, it was not Yoitza the Mitzvah of Talmud Torah. And you can't make a Birchus HaToyrah on that. On the other hand, if someone pulls out a Sefer, Bamidbar, or a Sefer Heshea, or whatever it may be, even if he doesn't understand the word of what he's saying, he was Yitzah, the Mitzvah of Talmud Torah. He did the Mitzvah, he was Mekayim, uh, the Mitzvah of Talmud Torah. And um, you can make a Birch Torah before it. Which is why when a person comes up for an Aliyah, you don't ask the person, okay, you're about to make a Baruch HaShabachabonu, do you understand what it, what, uh, what it says? Let me test you, you have to have the Rav, you think you'd have to have the Rav standing by the Bima. And before anyone gets up to make sure they don't make a brachal of Atallah, test them on the Pirish Shamilis of that Aliyah. We don't do that. Why? Because since it's Mikra, so therefore you yaitsa the mitzvah even if layada Micah Amar. So you yaitsa the mitzvah of Talmud Torah. Whether you yaitsa because you read along with the person in the Balkhair, or whether you yaitsa because Shemeya Ka'ina, either way, and the person's Yishliach, either way, you're yaitsa the mitzvah. So this is something which is unique by Mikra, which is that the Kedusha extends even to the words. The empty words. When I say the empty words, obviously the, they're not empty because they're holy. What I'm saying is, if you, if you read Gemara or Mishnayis and they're empty words, in other words, they're devoid of any seichel, devoid of under, uh, any understanding, and they're the devoid of Midas, so you weren't Yetzirah. In order to be Yetzirah, there has to be a higher element in there, an element of comprehension. There has to be, and it comes to Mikra, the Kedusha permeates the actual words to the point that just saying the words, you're ready, Mikhaim the Torah. And that's why it corresponds to the world of Asiya. Asiya means action. As opposed to the world of, 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 of Bria, of, as opposed to the world of, of, of Bria, which is intellectual. As opposed to the world of Yitzhira, which is emotional. So those are all correspond to the higher levels. Thank you very much. The world of Asiya corresponds to action. Saying the words. So that means that the Kedusha comes down into the physical words of the, of, of the Sefer Torah. So that's what we're going to talk about over here. The different Torah in every single world. Torah as it comes down world to world. And as the Torah comes down from one world to the next, from the world of Yitzira to the world of Bria, sorry, from the world of Bria to the world of Yitzira and the world of Asiyah, the Shekhinah comes with it, because again, the Torah in every world is the garment for the air of the Shekhinah. So the Shekhinah comes down with it, and it enters the Torah, and through the Torah, that entire world receives all of its, uh, all of its chayis, inside.
You know, actually, let's let's we can, let's go a little back. Let's turn to the previous page. <coughs> let's go seven lines in the bottom, and we're we're going to read, but we're going to skip the brackets. We did the brackets last week. It says in the Zayar and it says in the Yitzchayim. Seven lines in the bottom of page angle. Yeah, I see it. Yeah. Shehashchina. Malchus Datzilos. The Shechina, which is the level of Malchus Datzilos. He mislabeshes beheichal kachi kadashim libriah. So it enters and is enclosed by the kadash kadashim of the world of Bria. Shehu chabad libriah, which is the chabad of the world of Bria. Now, once this air funnels through the world of Bria, until it arrives at Malchus de Bria, so Nivru from there created Hanashamis Vahamalachim Shibibriya, the Nashamis and the Malachim which occupy the world of Bria. Vigam and also Misham from there, in other words, from Chabad of the of Bria, from, from the from the Chachmah being Adas of Bria, Nimsha Chatamut Shalafanenu. From there comes the Talmud that we have. As we explained earlier in Tanya, the name of the Tikkun is there. The world of Bria. Over there we have, in a very revealed way, the Chachma, Bina, and Das of the Infinite One. But it comes down, in the world of Bria, it comes down with an incredible contraction. <coughs> In order that the neshamas and the malachim that occupy the world of Bria, they are finite. They're not infinite. The world, the world of Atzilus is infinite, but the malachim and that uh, and the neshamas in the world of Bria, they're finite. So there has to be this incredible simsum, so that the neshamas and the malachim they should be able to kabbalah to receive their hashpa, to receive their uh, their energy. From this Chabad. That's why from there we get the Talmud. The Talmud also, what is the Talmud? The Talmud is intellect. What is the Gemara? The reasons for the Halachas explained well. And the reasons for all the Halachas, that is the Chabad of Hashem. The Allahis Asman as opposed to Allahis themselves. We're not talking about the Allahis. We're talking about the reasons behind Allahis. The Halachis themselves, the actual Psaq Allah, one way or another, that comes from Hashem's Midas. Shahin, which they are Chesed, Din Rachman, Chesed, Gvur Rachman, etc. Shamahem, Nimshach, Aheter, Vaisar. From them comes that which is permitted to do and that which is forbidden to do. Vakasher, Vapasal, those things that are kosher. That are permitted to us, va'apostle, and those things that are not, va'chiu va'poter, and that which a person is obligated to do, and that which a person is absolved from, commissioner nisbar. But the kunim, as explained in tikkun yisrael. Okay, now we're ready for the next world. Bislab shus malchus datzilus b'malchus debrias. What do we have? Ultimately, the shechina, the shechina, which is malchus datzilus, filters through the Torah of bria. Through the Chabad of Bria, it filters down to Malchus of Yitzira. And here we have the same process, it's going to repeat itself again. Malchus of Bria is like the Shechina of the world of Bria. In other words, and the Malchus of Bria 
is going to come down into the next. Just like the Shechina, which is Malchus of Atzilos, enters the Kodesh Kadashim of the world of Bria, and the and and the, the Torah of Bria is the filter, and it allows the Ur to enter the entire world. The same thing happens when you come, come, come go down to the next level, which is that the Torah, sorry, that the Malchus of Bria, which contains within it the Shechina, right? The Shechina. <coughs> Excuse me. It comes down and enters the Chabad of the world of Yitzira. Inside it. When Malchus Datsilos enters Malchus of Bria, then afterwards it enters It enters the Kedesh Kadashim of Yitzira. That is the level of Chabad of Yitzira. When they enter Malchus the Yitzira, so now in the Malchus Yitzira we have Malchus of Atzilus and Malchus coming through Malchus of Bria. When they enter Malchus the Yitzira, then in Yitziru, then are fashioned Haruchais v'Hamalachim Shebi Yitzira, the Neshamis and the Malachim which are in the world of Yitzira. Just to note how the the accuracy of the words. If you look in the last line. Of the previous page, when it talks about Bria, it says Nivru Hanishames Vamalachem Shebebriya, and here it says Neitzru Haruches Vamalachem Shebeitzira. So first of all, Nivru as opposed to Neitzru, which is understood because this is the world of Bria, so therefore they're Nivru, they're created. This is the world of Yitzira, so Neitzru, and also in terms of Neshamis versus Ruches, we know that, that we all have different Madrigas in our Neshama. And uh, our primary madrigas, our basic madrigas are nefesh, ruach, and neshama. Nefesh is the part of our soul which is um, involved in, in physical and motor function. That's nefesh. Ruach is the part of the neshama which is connected to emotions. And neshama is the part of, is the part of our soul which is connected to and... Uh, in charge of, so to say, of our intellect. So therefore, our neshamas correspond to the world of Bria. Our ruches correspond to the world of Yitzira, because the world of Bria is the world of intellect. And the world of Yitzira corresponds to emotion. So therefore, when it comes to the world of Bria, we talk about the creation of the neshamas. And when it comes to the world of Yitzira, we talk about the fashioning of the ruches. Not the Neshamis, but the Ruach, which is the Madrega of Ruach, which is the Madrega of Midas. Weiter. Vegam Meshaman also, from the Chabad of the world of Yitzira, Hiya Mishnah Shalofaneinu, also that is the source of the Mishnah that we have. She Allah is Psukais. The Mishnah is the Halacha, it's not the reasons for the Halachas, but the actual Psak Halacha. Make no mistake about it. Everything ultimately comes from the Chachma Vatsilus. The infinite Chachma Vashem. Rak, only Shebechinus Chabad, Shem Tami Alachis. The Chabad, which is the reasons, Him Lubashim Ugnuzim. In the Mishnah, the reasoning are enclosed in and hidden, Begufi Alachis, in the body of Alachis. In the Mishnah, you don't have revealed the reasoning. What you have revealed in the Mishnah is Begufi Alachis, the actual Alachis, the body of Alachis. That is revealed in the Mishnah, and Hain Hain they are Ha'aras Midaisav Shalain Sayyid Baruchu Bebechines Gili. The Halachis, 
they are uh, they radiate from Hashem's midas, from Hashem's emotions. Commission is barliul b'shem atikonim, as we said earlier in the late uh, in, in, in the late Peter Klamets. We said in the name of Tikkun Yisrael, the Shisfiron, that the six spheres, which are the emotional spheres, Mekanen and Biyitzira, they find their place. We are in the world of Yitzira. Shehein Darchal, in general, when you talk about the Midas, Shnei Kaven, you have two columns. You have Yemin Usmail, you have the right side and the left side. So you have Lahokel. The idea of being Mako comes Mesitra de Chaset from the side of Chaset. The Hain, which means Lahatir, to be Matir. That something should be able to be elevated to Hashem, or to the contrary, to be to be uh, stringent. So it's interesting, you know, over here if you talk about you know being makel or being machmer. We talk about the and Basil, So usually we think, you know, who are you, who are you being makel on and who are you being machmer on? So usually you think. That if you tell the person that, that this food is kosher, so you're being mekel, you're being easy on the person. If you tell the person it's not kosher, then you're being machmer, you're being severe and harsh on the person. But Dr. Rebbe says something different. He says that the reason why to be matir is chesed is because you're being, allowing the food to be elevated. So it's chesed to the food. Whenever the halacha is that a certain entity is kosher or, or a certain or a certain etched could be used, for example. So it's not about making life easier for the person. It's about actually doing a chesed to that entity of this physical world that it should be able to, because we know when a yid does a mitzvah with something, or when a yid uses something of a shem shamayim, when it's, when, it's, uh, when it's mutter, and then it could be elevated. And to be machmer means to be harsh and rejected and say, no, sorry, due to issues that you have, you are not worthy of being elevated and um, elevated to Kedusha. The story is told, I don't know if it's a true story or not, but there's a story that's told that there was a, a, a woman who once bought a goose to a rab with a shayla. You know, today that's, uh, I think Rabban, I'm very thankful that it's not a part of the average rab's uh, day. <laughs> but back, back in the day, that was a very normal thing that uh, women bought uh, geese and chickens, whatever it may be, they brought it to the rab to show them this issue, that issue is a kosher, is not kosher. Anyways, the rab examined the goose and the Rav says, it's kosher. So the lady leaves, and the Rav had some of his Talmidim over there, and he turned to him and say, but Rebbe, the Shach says that this is, uh, the Shach says that it's not kosher. So the Rav says, I'm aware of that Shach. And here's the dilemma that was playing in my head. That after, I, I, there are two options. After 120 years, when I go up to heaven, if I pass in that this goose is kosher, so I'll be summoned to Din by the Bezin Shalmaila, by the Shach. And he's going to say, how you talking? I pass in that this is, uh, isn't kosher. How you talking that you didn't agree with my psak? If, however, I pass in that the goose is treif, the Shach won't have any issue with me. But the goose is going to pull me to Bezin, to Bezin Shalmaila, to Din Teira. He's going to say, how you talking that you didn't allow you to eat me and elevate me to Kedusha? And I thought to myself that it's much more gishmak to have a dintari with the shach than to have a dintari with the, with the goose. <laughs> so that's why I'm asking that it's kosher. 
What about the money costs? You made a trade for costs or more money. She'll lose money. That's true. But Dr. Rebbe is saying over here, the primary idea over here <coughs> is not so much to the person, but it's about the, um, yeah. Um, so, in all the worlds, all the, ter- the entire Torah is in each of the worlds. But it's just that Mishnah or Gemara or is what's revealed or it's what? Because right here we said... No, no, the, the, the Torah as it comes down into the world of Bria appears as the world, as a Talmud. That's what, in, the, in, in, in Elma Bria, that's what they're Isaac in. That's what, what? That's what they're involved in. Uh, and, and in Yetzirah, they're involved in Mishnah. Yeah. Okay, and he said over here that the, um, the timing, yeah, which is timing Elochus, which is Talmud, right? The yeah. Is is there? It's Mugufashim and hidden in there. Right. So I guess they're they're learning Mishnah, but and okay, I guess we'll get to. So when you realize that when we're learning Gemara, we're learning something that's on the level of the world of Bria, as we know, Atzilus Bria Yitzira and Asir are not locations. So it's not as over here. Right. So. Every time we're learning, as the Torah comes down through the worlds, in the world of Bria, it stops by the Talmud. That's where uh, the world of Bria, and you don't go down to me this. That's the Abishters. So in the actual, in the world of Bria, they're the only Isaac and Talmud. Then the Torah comes down a further step into the time of Allahus, the Mishnah, which, by the way, it's very strange. You think into it that, practically speaking, the Mishnah by us precedes the Gemara. It was written before the Gemara, and Kaviyachol, the Gemara is based on the Mishnah. And here we're saying that in the spiritual world, it's the other way around. But the truth is, if you think into it, yes, the Mishnah precedes the Gemara, but what's the Gemara really telling us? Why you got to that? The Gemara is really telling us what's behind the Mishnah. That's really what the Gemara is telling us. So it was published at a later date, yes. But the Gemara precedes the Mishnah. To put it in different words, the Tanoim who wrote the Mishnah, they knew the Gemara. They had to know the Gemara. They couldn't have arrived at the Mishnah without knowing the Gemara. So actually, chronologically, although the Mishnah was written first before the Gemara, the Gemara comes before the Mishnah. Now we learn it backwards. We learn it because we're, we're, we're moving up the, up the ladder. Like we start with Mikra Mishnah. So we learn first the Mishnah and then we, and then we learn the Gemara. But conceptually speaking, the Gemara really precedes the Mishnah, which is because the Gemara is in the world of Bria and the Mishnah is in the world of Yitzira. But in Bria, I'm sure they got to the Sorry, one second, what? But in Bria, I'm sure they got to the, the Halakha. Why are you saying that? No, what, did they only learn the Taimei Yeah. In Bria, that's what the, uh, the Nishamas are doing. Nishamas and Allah, the Taimei, they're learning is Taimei Allah. And, and one more side question, like, like backtrack. Um, this is that the Shekhinah is coming down through the Torah into these worlds. So it seems that the worlds already existed. These are only uh, creating the Neshamas and Malachim in the worlds. But the worlds were already created. I hear, now that I, hear I hear your question. The truth is everything in the world comes from that. Except that in the world, the, the, the higher worlds, what do they consist of? Sphiris, Neshamas, Malachim. What else are there? So it's coming down to that level, the level of Bria. Yeah. And, and that creates really Bria. Now it's Bria the, how is Bria created through the Shekhinah entering the Torah? 
and from the oyer that comes through that, that is the world of Bria. And from there you have the Nishamas, you have the Malachim, and you have the Torah of Bria. And then you have the world of Yitzira. Sorry, you wanted to ask something. Uh, you're saying that the, that the Gemara comes to explain the Mishnah. So, so how is it that the Gemara is coming first? Because the reason why the Tanoim arrived at whatever they said in the Mishnah is because they knew all the logic that it said in the Gemara. The Gemara is explaining the background. What led to the, to the Tanoim saying this and this? Why did they say this? Why didn't they say that? What was their reasoning? So whatever is written in the Gemara was in the Tanoim's head before they arrived at their actual conclusions, which they wrote in the Mishnah. But how could you learn Gemara without Mishnah, without learning the Mishnah first? And as far as the practicality, I know. I, 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 I didn't advocate that. And Dr. Rebbe isn't advocating that either. He's not saying that's the way you should learn it. But he's saying you should know that when you're learning Mishnah, that's in the level of the world of Yitzhira. Yeah. And when you're learning Talmud, that's in the level of the world of, of, of Bria. Now, but just going to conclude, what we were saying earlier is that this is a very important idea is that when we're, when we're using out things in this world, you know, we're, we, we are, as Yidin, we're Pasha walking around all day and doing favors, favors to the water that we're drinking and to the cup that we're using and to the clothing that we're using and everything, provided that it's mutter, because if, in order for it to be, us to be able to be mailed, it has to be mutter, as Dr. Rebbe explains in the first few Prakim of Tanya, Perikazayim, Periches. And, um, and if Chas Shalom, we don't use out something properly, that thing is angry at us. Ayyamim says even to the extent uh, that if a person walks person walks in the street and he's not thinking words of Torah so the ground that you're walking on is screaming at you <laughs> like you should know that ever since the world was created I had walking over me I had some cats and I had some dogs and I had some cows and now you walked um, um, over me and in which way are you different than the, than the behemoths that walked over me you, the, the animals are one thing. You were supposed to be thinking Torah or, or saying words of Torah and thereby elevating me. And that's our job. Everything we interact with. So, when we say something is mutter, it's a favor to that thing. There's a the famous Torah from the Baal Shem Tev and the Pasuk, which means that, uh, literally means you're hungry, you're thirsty. The, the, it start, it's uh, the Gam They're hungry and thirsty. Their their souls are literally again uh, that They're going out. The Balshemter says, Gam You know, you want to know why you're hungry? You think you're hungry because of for biological reasons. No, that's not the real reason why you're hungry. The real reason why you're hungry is because in the food that's in your refrigerator, there are some nitzutzes. There are some uh, there are some sparks, and they're calling out to you and they're saying, "Eat me." And that's what's making you hungry. Nafsham, their soul, the soul of the food, Bahem Tesatov is calling out and is begging, please come and eat me. And when you go and eat something and it's L'shem Shemaim, that's, uh, that's what they're waiting for. And if it's not L'shem Shemaim, it's a big, uh, it's a lost opportunity. And, it's, and, it's, uh, and the main thing is it's partially being mean. To, <laughs> it's being mean to the food that... Uh, yeah, so yeah, it, it tells us a little about our responsibility. And that's why... You know, a rabbi is supposed to try to be matir. Why? Not because he's trying to be easy on the person. Maybe that also. It's a little obviously slow. Yeah. The main thing is you want to be matir. The, you want to, they want to have more and more things. should be able to be a little Hashem.
Why does it only have six spheres? I thought there's ten spheres in each world. There are six midas. Of the ten spheres, six of them are Hashem's midas. So Hashem's six midas, which as mentioned earlier, they represent the sixth dharam of the Mishnah because everything is precise. So Hashem's six midas, they are dominant in the world of Yitzhira. What, what, what is, what type? What's the other four spheres? What are the Chachma, Bina, Das, and Malchus. Chachma, Bina, Das are not, are not emotional, they're intellectual. intellectual. And Malchus is practical. Malchus is action, so speech and action. In each world is a dominant, there's something, all of them are there. They're all there, then but there's the dominant the ones. Emphasis or the emphasis or, or dominant right. is in the Midas. Right, in, right. In, yeah. Oh, I see. Just by way, by way of example, you have a human being and an animal. A human being is primarily, if he's not an animal, is a sechuldika being. An animal is a midas, instinctive, impulsive being. A human being has midas, and an animal also has sechul. But nevertheless, the human being, what's dominant in the human being is sechul, and what's dominant to animal is the midas. And the, the human being, the midas is supposed to serve the sechul. Again, ideally, in a human being. And in an animal, the, the sechul is only there to serve the midas. That's an example of how you can have everything there, but the question is, what is the dominant, what is the one that plays the primary role? In the world of Yitzhira, what plays the primary role is Hashem's six midas. Okay, inside. V'hakoil. Seven lines in the bottom. V'hakoil, and all of this, in other words, um, all the midas, Excuse me, and everything in the Mishnah is al pichachmila. All of this, let's let, let's not forget. All of this really starts out in the supernal chachma, which is the chachma datzilus. Ubina vadas and Hashem's bina das klulis ba also are included in the Torah. Umiyuchadis bein seiv baruchu, and they're one with the infinite light of Hashem. Why? Kibetoich kulan, because within all of them. Within all of the, within all, within all, every single levels of the Torah, Mulubashi's Chabad Datsilos. Ultimately, what you have in it is the Chabad, the Chachman Bina Das of Atsilos. Which the Eirin Saf of Hashem is one with the Chachman Bina Das of Hashem, with a complete unity. So, on the one hand, within, within the Mikra, within the Mishnah, within the Talmud, is we have here the Chachma of, the Chachma of Hashem. Which explains something else, you know. So which which one's greater, Talmud or Mikra or Mishnah? So it would seem over here the Talmud is greater. It's higher up. So let me ask you a question: Achumish and the Gemara, which one goes on top of what? Achumish. So why, but isn't Talmud higher? The answer is no. They're all they're all Hashem's chachma. This is Hashem's chachma. This is Hashem's chachma. This is Hashem's chachma. The Talmud is Hashem's chachma as it went down a certain level and it stopped in the world of Bria. Then Hashem's Chachma comes further down into the world of Yitzhira, that's the Mishnah. Comes further down into the world of Asiya. So what we have in the Chumash is such a powerful light of Hashem that it can come down all the way and express itself in, in physical words. As opposed to in, the, in Talmud, the, the Hashem's Chachma only expresses itself in the Seichel. In the Mishnah, Hashem's, uh, Hashem's Chachma only expresses itself in Midas. It lowers only a little. The incredible thing about Torah is, about, about, about Mikra, is here we have the Chachma of Hashem, which is coming down through all the levels and actually in the words of the Torah. And that's why, yeah, of course you put the Chumash on top of the Gemara. Because the words of the Chumash are holy. In the Gemara, it's not really so much the words. It's the Seichel that in it that's holy. You weren't supposed to write it down. 
Right, it's the seichel in the dead. Right, it's teir shabapah. Teir shabiksav. The words are holy. Why? Because the Eibushes Chachma managed to come down all the way to the point that even in empty words, in other words, theoretically words that are devoid of any seichel, there also there's kedusha. The same way, furthermore, along this way, the Shechina comes down and entered right now, again, next level. Now the Torah entered, the, the, the Shechina enters the Kedush Kedashim of Asiya. How is that? Because Malchus of Yitzira enters, Malchus of Yitzira enters the, the Chabad, which is the Torah, the Kedush Kedashim of Asiya. And now the Atreb is going to add something new. The Chol Eilam. Till now, we're talking about the three worlds of Bri Yitzir and Asiya. Says the Alter Rebbe, Chol Eilam, Megimul Eilam, Maselu. Every one of these three worlds, Mischalik, Lervavis Madrigas, is subdivided. Those are only general worlds. Every single one of them is subdivided into tens of thousands of levels. Hanikray is Gamkin Eilam is Pratim. They're also called individual worlds. More detail. Atzilus Bri Yitzir are more general worlds. O Malchus da Atzilus Mulubeshes be Malchus. The Malchus of Asilus is in the Malchus, and let's look at the Haggah, and but first, outside, it's in the Malchus of every single world. In other words, you have the Shechina, the Shechina is Malchus of Atsilus. and in every single world there's a Malchus, which means the Malchus which gives life to the next world, but within every single world, where is that energy from? What is the source of the energy? It's Malchus Datsilus. Every world creates the world underneath it. In other words, enters the world underneath it. The Malchus of the, of the world enters the Chabad of the world beneath it and gives it its energy. But within every single world, what's there? It's all the energy which is from Malchus Datsilus. And now says Dr. Rebbe, now we understand of that which the Pasuk says in Ashrei, Malchus Cha Malchus What's the double Lashon over here? Malchus Cha Malchus Malchus your Malchus, which is Malchus Datsilus, which is Shechina, is Malchus Kaleilamim, enters the Malchus, which is within every single world. So every single world, the Malchus, which gives energy to the following world, all of it is drawing a Malchus and the Malchus in the world of Asilus. So again, Malchus Datsilus Mulabashes, but Malchus shall call Elam Prati. The Malchus of Atsilus is within the Malchus of every single individual world. And Yeredas, and then it goes down to Mishlabashes, Behechel Kedush Kadashim. The Malchus, every world, goes down and enters the Hechel Kedush Kadashim, Shu Chabad, Sheba Elam Shlamata Men Madrega of the Chabad of the world which is beneath it. Vihine Mashkin, Amlubashes, Behechel Kedush Kadashim, Shakol Elam, Elam from the Shechina, which is within the Hechel, the Kedush Kadashim of every world. Clearly, a Prati, whether you're talking about the general worlds, which are Bria, Yesir, and Asiya. Or the particular worlds. So Nimshach and Mispashim and Mena Er Vachais. From there comes the light and the life. Vachala Elmas of Habrum Shabay. The Shechina gives the light to the entire world and all the creations that are in it. Neshamis Malachim Bechulam, which are the Neshamis Namalachim. Kikulam Nivru Basar Mamaris Shemaisa. But it says everything, as we know, everything was created with Asar Mamaris, which is mentioned in Bereishis. Shehem Devar Hashem. What is the Asar Mamaris? That is the words of Hashem. Hanikra B'Shem Shechina, which is one and the same B'Shechina. Shechina is Hashem's words, the Asar Mamaris. So ultimately, the Asar Mamaris, which are in 
are in are in Berdeshis, which is which is Malchus Natsilos, is ultimately every single creation, every single world comes from the Asar Mamaris through the process of Malchuska Malchus Kalilamim. Not everything comes directly from the Masar Mamaris. The Asar Mamaris are Malchuska. But because the Malchuska, because the energy of Malchus Natsilos enters the Malchus of every single world on its level, so therefore ultimately everything is sourced in the Asar Mamaris. So, we finished Perik Lumbez. One Perik left to Tanya. And today's Lag Boimer. So here we're talking here about the three worlds and the Torah, which is within each of the three worlds. On so the Torah, so you have Talmud and Mikra and, and Mishnah. But as we all know, that there's a fourth world, the world of Atsilus. And the fourth world corresponds to to the fourth level of Torah, Yapshat, Remez, Drush, and Said. So the fourth level corresponds to Said, which is Kabbalah. So Kabbalah is in the world of Atsilus. Which to give you a concept, Al-Tabh doesn't even talk about that over here, which means that Kabbalah is the Chochmah of Hashem, which has not even entered the worlds. The Talmud at least somewhat enters because it becomes intellectual, it becomes comprehensible. And for all of those of you who have been sitting here by Tanya Shkirim for a long time, and scratching your heads and saying, I don't really understand this, and I don't get it. And it's not like uh, pulling out a Gemara and learning a Chvez Avi Psachim, or anything of that sort. There's a reason why. The reason why is because ultimately, the Talmud entered, uh, it enters the Bina. It's all about comprehension. And Kabbalah, as the name implies, what does the name Kabbalah mean? It's something which we accept as opposed to something which we say we can fully grasp or understand because we're dealing with concepts which are really beyond us but Meqabal, which is like Chachma. What is Chachma? Chachma is the power of receptivity. In fact, I was, I was learning this Sepedic, I was thinking that we're saying over here that there are three general worlds but, and then within every world there are tens of thousands, al Rebbe says, tens of thousands of individual worlds. Now. Let's back up for a second. Why are there four worlds? Why not five? Why not eight? Why not 20? By now we should have an inkling of the answer. Why are there four worlds? <coughs> because everything comes from Torah. And since there's Pshat, Remez, Drush, and Said, so therefore there are four worlds. The worlds evolve from Torah. By, by that, we, but we already understand that by now. The world of Bria, where does it come from? It comes from the Talmud. The world of Yitzira comes from the Mishnah. The world of Asiya comes from the Mikra. Because all the energy it gets is filtered from the Shekhinah through that. So the reason why there are four worlds is because there are four of the Madrigas and Tera. Comes along with al and says that in each world there are tens of thousands of different uh, um, um, smaller worlds. And perhaps that's associated with the idea which we know that within Pshat, Remez, Drush, and Sayyid. So first of all, there's Shivan Panam La So there are 70 ways to learn Tera. But even more than that, it's brought down in Svarim that there are 600,000 ways to understand. Every idea in Torah can be understood in 600,000 ways according to Said, 600,000 ways according to Ramah, 600,000 ways according to Drush, and 600,000 ways according to Pshat. In other words, 
There are 2.4 million ways to understand every single idea in there. And when you want to understand that, you realize that as many Sfarim as are on the wall over here, you can still go write many, many more because that's only, uh, so that's only capturing a small amount of the ideas that are in Teira because Teira Be'emes is infinite. So perhaps that's connected. That the reason why there's so many levels in every world, these perhaps each one of these smaller worlds, local worlds, correspond to one of the Madrigas in understanding Torah, because ultimately every world comes from Torah. So if there's a new way of understanding Torah, that's a new world. So Impshat, which is let's say that's the world of Asiya. So as many Madrigas Impshat that there are many levels there are Impshat. That's how many worlds there are. Perhaps, perhaps that's a correlation between the Rebbe saying here about the tens of thousands of, of worlds that uh, of Elamis of Pratim, individual worlds, detailed worlds, which are in the general worlds. Now, and we're here, here on Lag Bamer, and obviously it's the yard site of Rabbi Shimon Barichai, and what was Rabbi Shimon Barichai, what was his claim to fame? Excuse me, was that he wrote the Zayar? And the Zayar is the first mass revelation of Kabbalah. It was never revealed before. No, no, it was it was never revealed in a. To the common man. Yeah, also didn't reveal it to the common man. Uh, sorry, the the Rishim didn't reveal it to the common man, but he revealed it to his Talmidim, and it was a uh, he taught it to his Talmidim. Whereas before then, it was mamish like uh, you know, the Yochid, one person a generation, two people. Yeah. And ultimately, Rishim Barichai he taught it, and not only that, by writing the Zayar, he made it accessible to the common man. And today, ultimately, he's the he's the one who taught us all Kabbalah. And what we're talking about over here today, we're, we're talking about the Tikkuni Zayar, you know, that from the, the source in Tikkuni Zayar, about this idea of uh, of the different spheres. That's all from Rishim Barichai. So he revealed the Kabbalah. So here in this, um, once we learn this Pedic and we understand. A little about Mikra and Mishnah and Talmud and how great they all are. And all of them are ultimately rooted in Hashem's Chachma. But they're Hashem's Chachma as they already enter the realm of creation and they become relatable. They enter creation on its terms. What do you mean the terms of creation? What, is, what are our terms? Our terms are we can relate to something intellectually. As human beings, right? As creations, we can relate to something intellectually. We can relate to something emotionally. Or we can relate to something uh, tactically, if that's the word. In other words, practically, through uh, actions. So the Torah comes down so that we can relate it. So Torah enters our, the intellectual realm so that we can relate it intellectually. That's the Talmud. Then the Torah enters the emotional realm so that we can, us creations can relate it emotionally. Then the Torah comes down even further and that even a two-year-old can read, uh, you know, says Torah Tzivalana Moshe and has, the, and thereby grasps Hashem's wisdom because Hashem's wisdom has come down to the point and it's fully there, by the way, but it's it's totally dressed up in this garment of um, in this garment of mikra. And then you have Kabbalah. And what is Kabbalah? Kabbalah never left Atzilus. So how do we access it? How much do you access it, Taka? Very little. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm saying it. Kabbalah. <laughs> the Kabbalah is a study that, as much as you learn it, you ask yourself, did I really access it? That's the point, because it's it it, 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 it it it's a much purer level of velikus. Although again, the whole Torah is godly, and the chachma of the Ebrish is in every single word of Torah, and every word of Torah, every idea on Torah Shabbat, and every physical word of Torah Shabbat. But it's Hashem's chachma as it again as it entered our 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 realm and our sphere. And then you have Kabbalah, which is. Uh, 
And that's, uh, that, that was the gift of Roshim Barichai. Roshim Barichai, that he was, such a, he was such a holy tzaddik, it's brought on the Alter Rebbe says, it's brought on the name of the Alter Rebbe, but the Rebbe said that there are certain great tzaddikim, like Rabbi Shimon Barichai, who for them, the Beis HaMikdash was never destroyed. They, they, don't, they don't experience Golos. Because Shimon Barichai was on, what is the idea of Golos? The idea of Golos is Halam, Vehester, and Simpson. And uh, for Shimon Barichai, there was no Simpson at all. There was no Simpson, and therefore he was on the level of Atzibos, and he was able to teach, to bring down this level of Torah, but not really bringing it down. As it's in this world, it's still beyond the world. And when we learn it, we're connecting to that, uh, to that Madriga. And that's the, that's the greatness, the light, the fire, the illumination of Rav Shem Barichai and Lag Vayimah. In reality, it, it comes from, it went down to all, it was Mitzamsim, it came down to the No, world. it didn't. So how did he access it? Because he wasn't in this world. No, you're you're again you learn, you learn you're, you're you're confusing worlds as as spatial uh, as with with spatial entities and it's a geography. It's elsewhere. He he when he was here, he lived in he was not civil. Civil is a level. Civil is a level. It's a state of being. State of, state of being. A state of connection to Hashem. He was in the world of atzilus. Neshamas, big tzaddikim, they are in atzilus. Even when they're here in this world, they're that they're leveled vekas of Hashem. Is on that level, and he was able to be mashbiat and give it to everyone, and that was his godless. His, there's a story that ever brings down. There's a medrash that says, with a story, that there was once one of the Shimba Yechai's students went off, traveled away, and entered the business world and became wealthy. And then one day he comes back, and the rest of the students see that uh, their friend became wealthy, and they all were like, uh, you know, we wouldn't mind being wealthy also. So Rishim Barichai took them to a bika, he took them to a, uh, to a valley, which according to one medrash was the valley, the valley of Miron, right, where, uh, where he's buried. If anyone has ever been in Miron over here, you know, the valleys of Island and Svas for a little while. And Svas is on one mountain and Miron is on another mountain and in between there's a huge valley. So Reb Shimon took his students to the, to the valley and uh, he caused that the whole valley became filled with gold coins. So the matter says, and he told the students, you guys want one bit money, go take money. But you should know that whatever you take is coming off your cheshbon and elam haba. So he told them. So the students didn't take anything. So the Madrash says. And then the Madrash continues and says another story. There's a Tana whose name, there's an Amoira, sorry, his name was Rav Shimon ben Chalafta. And this Rav Shimon ben Chalafta, he was terribly poor. And one day he davened to Hashem, he said, I want money. And from heaven he was given something golden. In other words, he was, uh, he was given something. And he went out and he bought some stuff for the house with it. And he comes home and his wife says, what's this all about? I know we don't have any money. And he told his wife that, uh, he told him, I davened and uh, I was given from heaven. I was given, uh, I was given some wealth. I think it was, uh, he was given, a, if I remember correctly the story, the, a foot of a table, a, gold, a golden, uh, what? A golden leg of a table, right. 
So she told her, what, what's going to happen is that the Ganeid and everyone's going to be sitting on tables with four legs, and we're going to be sitting on a table with three legs. Go give it back. So he went, he returned the items, got back to the golden leg, and he davened, and it was taken back from heaven. And over there, the, the, the Madrid says that this is a greater feat. Why? Because in heaven, from heaven, they take, they, they, they give, but they don't take. They give, they, so therefore, the fact that he filled up the whole, the whole valley with gold coins, that's nice. But a bigger feat is the fact that um, that was taken back. So the Rebbe asked the Pasha the question, what happened to all the gold coins in that valley? You know, there's a, the gold rush in California in the 1840s. Maybe we should all go to, <laughs> to, to the valley of Miran and start digging for those gold coins. So there, obviously, it was taken back by heaven because the, otherwise we would, people would have found the gold coins and we never, that would have been a very, very huge story. A, a, a valley full of gold coins. It was taken back. So why, why are they making a, a bigger deal of the fact by Shem Machalafta than it was that by him it was taken back and by Shem Berchai also was taken back? So the Rebbe explains and without going into the whole, the whole Arichas, the Rebbe says like this. Shem Berchai, his greatness was that he was able to bring down gold coins from heaven, not only from himself, but for all of the students, and even those students who weren't worthy of it. And the students who, uh, you know, they were, they were busy being jealous. Of course, they was also taken back, but that's not the point that the Medrash is trying to say about Shem Bayechai. What was Shem Bayechai's greatness? That he was able to bring down the gold coins and give it to everyone, even those who weren't worthy of it. Right? We don't find that, but Shem Bayechai. Shem Bayechai got gold for himself. Shem Bayechai was able to bring gold, not only for himself, but for everyone. And that corresponds to this idea of Kabbalah. Shem Bayechai was able to bring the gold, which is Kabbalah, the highest Madrigas in Torah, but not only for himself, and not only for the people on a very high Madriga, but he's also able to bring it for me and for you, and bring the gold coins for everyone. But we can use these gold coins and not have to worry that it's going to deduct, deduct anything from the Ilam Haba. Have a good Shabbos, everyone.